What's up, patrons, and what is up, general listeners who are listening to the teaser for this episode. Before I get started, uh, we've got Jeffrey Schellenberger here today. Uh, Before we get into that, I need to make an announcement. We're going on hiatus. For patrons, you will not be charged for anything until July when we're back. For public listeners, as you've noticed, there's been a lack of episodes lately, and that is because we all got crushed running businesses or trying to complete our schoolwork and have not been able to get things together. That is going to change. We've got some exciting stuff we're going to get to this summer. We are looking at a reading series on Fukuyama's End of History. We're looking to interview more authors of books and maybe even some documentarians. So we are hoping to revamp Exhaust and recommit with Gusto in the summer, but right now we are going on break. So that is your official announcement of that here. But for today, we've got return guest, Jeff. What's up, Jeff? Hey, not much. Happy to... Yo, you're cutting out. You there? Yeah, you were too. Yeah, not not much. Uh, happy to be here again. Yeah, man. So we're going to talk about grooming today. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about... Uh, I, I, a topic I've been trying to avoid, to be honest, but... We're not really going to talk about that generally. What we are going to talk about is the changing shape of the culture war from the 90s till now, especially the conservative outlook on it. Right now, it seems to be hitting uh, a weird inflection crisis. And you know us at Exhaust, we like to be untimely in our meditations. So we're going to look a little bit backwards. Jeff has written a piece in Unheard about the shit going on with the conservative assault on Disney for being woke and uh, how strange their critique is. It seems kind of toothless and it seems more nostalgic than real. So Jeff, why don't you just walk us through what the conservative complaint now against Disney is? So it's a good question. I I mean, I think in terms of the content of Disney productions, it, it doesn't seem to be particularly well worked out, but it's, you know, various instances of what we might call, you know, sort of woke tokenism and things that are clearly being done to appease certain agendas. And, and probably the most obvious of those is like, there's some, I think, Pixar movie that had a like same sex kiss in it that I think there was initially some kind of, I, the, you know, so much has happened that <laughs> since I was following this, that I'm the details are already hazy. But I think there was some kind of drive to remove it from the film, but then it was, it ended up being reinstated, and then mm-hmm. this coincided with the bigger, the bigger source of the conflict was not the content, which, as we can get into, kind of differentiates this from earlier times when you know there there were sort of probably more more specific concerns about and well-defined concerns about the direction Disney was going in with its content that were bigger than just like a, a single, you know, scene with the same sex kiss. Yeah. And in this case, really what has driven it is, of course, this bill in Florida that people have heard about that's been called Don't Say Gay and, you know, essentially places a ban on classroom discussions of essentially 
especially sexuality and gender up until some, I think through something like third grade. And so yeah, the you know, language thing that prompted this whole, too. yeah, yeah. And so the thing that prompted this whole latest fracas was actually that Disney essentially decided to, you know, use its might within the state of Florida to attempt to, I mean, you know, it essentially D- Disney executives and the company spoke out against this bill and att- they attempted to kind of use their might to block it, which which should not succeed and set up a sort of collision course with, you know, DeSantis's administration and then led to ultimately this decision to revoke Disney's sort of special tax privileges, which I don't know. I mean, on that level, seems probably like a good move. I mean, most of these giant corporations getting those kind of tax privileges almost certainly should not be getting them. So, you know, there's that level on which I guess you see the, you know, historically very business friendly Republican Party doing things to, you know, directly harm these mega corporations that, you know, it's kind of hard to imagine them doing, at least legislatively, not too long ago. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if, I mean, if you're interested, I, I, I might find it useful to provide a bit of historical background for the rights sort of relationship to Disney. Yeah. I mean, there is a kind of a precursor to this. Yeah. Which I didn't get to in my article because it was more of a kind of, it, it, it went in a different direction, which was to look at this kind of old Marxist critique of the content of Disney comics to see what it might say to us today. But the, the larger history is there was this kind of, objection not not necessarily by the by major republican politicians but by the southern baptist convention and a couple of major religious right organizations in the 90s and this led to a boycott by the southern baptist convention of disney that went on something like six or seven years and the things Mm. that prompted this were not the content so much of disney of you know what we think of as disney's sort of primary ip historically right the the children's cartoons, but that yeah. Disney had these subsidiaries and affiliates that were doing things that, you know, of course, back then the culture war was in a different stage, you know, most famously, perhaps Ellen coming out, right, which took place on ABC, a, a Disney affiliate. And then the other thing that's fascinating is you had Miramax, the, you know, the Weinstein brothers operation, putting out various sort of racy and risque films that were sort of testing the boundaries of, you know, what was what was kind of permissible in mainstream cinema in the 90s. And, you know, many of these became very popular, Pulp Fiction perhaps most mm-hmm. of all. And, and Miramax was in fact a Disney subsidiary, right? So there were those two objections that basically the company had diversified into these and, and you know, had these affiliates and subsidiaries that were producing these, these materials that were highly offensive to the religious right at the time. And that, you know, again, we're coming at, at a moment when, you know, the, the boundaries of what could be represented and discussed in mainstream American culture were, were definitely expanding, right? Yeah. And so we yeah, remember absolutely. the religious right back then and its, its influence. And then, of course, we can also remember that there were figures like Tipper Gore, who, you know, was not really associated with the religious right, but was very much, you know, was was a very 
you know, mainstream figure. Those were sort of the free much speech of debates a of this kind of. Yeah, those were exactly. the free speech debates yeah. of their era, right? Where that was the, the parental advisory sticker, which functioned yes. in the same way that I think sort of trying to cancel people now functions, where what's happened to people that I know, like Alex Epstein and stuff like that, uh, Washington Post, very sleazily tried to smear him as a racist and he preempted it and it ended up making things even better for him. In the same way that if your right. CD had a parental advisory sticker on it, it was probably going to sell more. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, so yeah, it, it, it felt like, you know, much of the impetus for these kinds of censorship was coming from the religious right, of course, and then with some kind of allies on the, you know, sort of centrist democratic side, like Tipper Gore. And, you know, so what's interesting is like, you had a right at that point, which was not, I mean, was in fact constantly in, in a conflict with the ACLU, for example, for the ACLU's mm. sort of hard line on free speech, right? And so you had a right at that time, which was not pro-free speech, right? And, and actually thought that we should return to greater censorship of popular culture, right? And so their objection to this Disney content was just of a piece with that kind of consistent idea, right? That, that you know, sort of standards of decency should still be maintained, Mm-hmm. And and therefore they they carried out this boycott. Now it's it's also worth noting the boycott was was also informed by you know the, the fact that Disney as a company had started to offer benefits to same sex partners, right? And this was this was another line of objection. So you know so even at that time, sort of Disney's corporate culture was starting to look dangerously progressive from the conservative side. And of course that, you know, does sort of prefigure their, the, the sort of conservative falling out with, you know, Fortune 500 corporations on the basis of their, you know, right. ideological is, commitments that we've seen in recent years. Right. This seems to be the three-legged stool coming so, apart. You know, so ways. Disney as a, yeah. And so Disney as a company was sort of at the vanguard to some extent of, I mean, it, I, I think, you know, it was, it was after that that you had, I think some sort of small flare ups of conservatives complaining about Disney content, like about the content of the cartoons being too, too feminist or too, you know, too obsessed with like multiculturalism. But, you know, the, the bigger things that drove things like this boycott were on one hand, Disney's affiliates doing these, you know, I mean, it, it having it's uh, as now it being this kind of, you know, giant business with all sorts of different operations within it. And that, that, but I mean, it's also important to note the reason that this was so disturbing was, and the reason they were boycotting Disney because of Miramax, as opposed to other, you know, as opposed to, I don't know, Warner brothers or whoever was that they were attached to this idea. And, and you can find it in their statements at the time, right? 